The Way BK podcast is dedicated to pursuing and promoting a true understanding of Jesus Christ and the transformation He provides for all who submit to Him to live in a way that is pleasing to God as revealed in the Bible. Let's join our hosts as they discuss The Way. Hey guys, welcome back to The Way BK podcast. We're in the middle of a series of lessons on what we've called Kingdom Manifesto the story and message of the New Testament. And as we get going here today, I want to ask you a question. How would your focus change if you realized that your time here was quickly coming to an end? What would you make to be the aim of your final days, weeks, and months, maybe even years on this earth? How would you you use the time you had left if you knew your time of departure was near? Today, we're going to be exploring the end of Paul's life as an apostle and a minister of Jesus Christ. And this is exactly the situation that Paul finds himself in when he writes the letters to Titus and Timothy. As Paul neared the end of his life on earth, his concern turned to ensuring that the ministry of the gospel would continue to be faithfully preached and faithfully lived even after his passing. And in these letters, he's constantly urging these young ministers to remember, to rekindle, and to remind, to remember all the great things that God had done for them, what God had done for them through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and was risen from the dead, to rekindle the gifts that God had given them and to use the energy and the youth and the uh, opportunities that they'd been blessed with to glorify God and to build up his church. And then Paul is urging them to remind the church, that is, uh, to pass on the things that have been passed on to them so that the work of God may continue through his people, even after they too are gone. To remind these ones that, that they were to hold fast to the faith and to avoid falling into disputes and dissensions, things that would produce division rather than persevering in the unity that Christ died to create. Now, Paul wrote 1 Timothy to his beloved child in the faith who he'd met at Derby, where it appears that Timothy, along with his mother and his grandmother, all became disciples of Jesus. Perhaps this was on Paul's first stop there, but when Paul returned to Derby a second time, Timothy had matured in his faith to the point that the Christians decided to send him with Paul to help him on his journeys. And from that time on, Timothy was one of Paul's closest companions, a co-worker traveling with him on his journeys. Paul often referred to him as a child or a son in the faith. And by the time Paul writes this letter, Timothy has matured to the point where Paul has left him behind at Ephesus, entrusting him to minister to the needs of the church there and to help them grow. Now, even though Timothy had previously spent three years with Paul there in Ephesus, and he certainly would have known the church well, it seems that Timothy had a desire to leave. So Paul urged him to remain on at Ephesus and to continue the work that he was doing. Paul said in the letter that Timothy was left there to command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer. So clearly the job before this young minister would not have been an easy one. Paul also told Timothy he was writing so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. 
And because of this aim, Paul devotes much of his writing, uh, in fact, as much of his writing in this letter, to the kind of character the people of God need to have as he does to what they ought to teach. Paul says at the beginning of the letter that the aim of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And this is a reminder that the conduct of a Christian is just as critical as the message that we preach in order to bring glory to God. May God help us to live lives worthy of the calling to which we've been called. Now, in this letter, Paul discusses a number of topics, such as uh, how to identify and prepare the church to avoid false teachers, how to ensure that Timothy himself stays grounded and faithful and growing in the Lord. He instructs Timothy on how to pray and how to worship, on gender roles in the church and the qualifications for leaders, overseers or pastors and deacons in the church. He teaches Timothy how, as a young man, to approach older men and women and younger women in the church and how to encourage the church to care for widows who are in need and to honor elders and even how to correct and discipline elders when needed. There are even instructions in the letter on how to handle poverty and how to handle wealth with contentment, avoiding the love of money. Again, Paul is writing to Timothy about how to conduct oneself in the household of God. Because of this, we shouldn't be surprised to find so much practical teaching about how to handle matters pertaining to the church. Now, soon after Paul had written this letter to Timothy, he sends another letter to another son in the faith named Titus. Now, Titus, while not being mentioned in the book of Acts, was also a traveling companion with Paul on his journeys, and he served Paul in a variety of ways as he was serving the Lord. Now, while we don't know for certain where Titus was from, it appears he was a Greek and he may have been converted by Paul on one of his journeys. Uh, Titus had traveled with Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, we learn from Galatians chapter 2, and Titus was sent by Paul to the Corinthian church to help alleviate tension there and to collect money for the poor saints in Jerusalem. Now Paul has left Titus on the island of Crete. He left him there to set some things in order and to appoint elders in every town in the churches there. Cretans had a bad reputation in the Mediterranean world. It seems that Paul knew about that. There's even evidence in Paul's letter of this as he quotes Epimenides saying, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Not exactly a compliment. But Paul writes this letter for many of the same reasons that he wrote to Timothy. Paul was taking to heart what he had written to the Ephesians, that God had given apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So the apostle Paul in these letters before his departure wrote to equip these young ministers to continue the work of ministry. And not only that, but to continue the work of equipping the church for the work of ministry. You see, God has always intended that the church would be built up not only by the work of church leaders, but by every member doing their share. And Titus, too, was in a tough spot here in Crete. There was disorder and false teaching that was threatening the churches. Many of the members were living inconsistent uh, lives, lives that didn't represent 
uh, or adorn the gospel of Christ. And the churches needed instruction on how to be organized and how to live in a manner that was pleasing to the Lord. So Paul writes to Titus to equip him for this work of appointing elders, to exhort him on how to encourage the Christians to behave in a manner that's consistent with the gospel that they preached. Paul's words for this, he called it adorning the teaching of God, our Savior, in every respect. And Paul especially focused on the theme of doing good works as evidence of the saving faith within the churches. Now, both Titus and Timothy were given a specific calling to instruct the church on the characteristics required for church leaders. Now, in the case of Ephesus, the church already had elders in place, but Paul had warned the elders there that wolves would come into their midst and some would even come from within the church itself. So reminders about the kind of men appointed to be elders were needed. In Crete, it appears Titus' role was actually to appoint them in every city. And the standard set for these elders is certainly high. Um, The standard is high for the kind of person an elder must become in order to serve in this role. But that's because the character of church leaders ought to reflect the character of their true leader, Jesus the Christ, in order to glorify God through the church. And in fact, recent developments and recent uh, news has reminded us that when leaders fall short of having that kind of character, the, the real shame and the real accusations and the real blasphemy that comes is not against those, those men, but against the name of Christ itself. So finally, we come to the last letter written by Paul that we have in our New Testament scriptures. Second Timothy is a deeply personal letter written by Paul as he believes his time of departure has come. And he pleads with Timothy to rekindle the gift of God that is in him, to not be timid since the Spirit gives us power and love and discipline. He also begs Timothy to come for one final visit and urges him not to be ashamed to share in the suffering for the gospel, just as Paul himself has done. Paul reminds Timothy uh, to be a good soldier of Christ and to stand firm in the grace of God. And he reminds Timothy that he needs to remember Jesus throughout the letter and remember the grace that God has uh, given him through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's Timothy's memory of Jesus and memory of that grace that God has poured out in his life that will motivate him to endure all the hardships that he's facing. Now, Paul suffered a lot of disappointments by the time he writes this letter. And it appears that he was in need of encouragement. Some had deserted Paul because of their love for the present world. Others had left Paul to minister in other places. It's clear that Paul was lonely. And so he called Timothy to come as quickly as possible to bring Mark, the one who had abandoned Paul on his first journey. Of course, Mark reminds us that the Lord can restore and reconcile and renew us so that even after our failures, we can be fruitful in ministry. But though Paul is lonely when he writes to Timothy, he realizes that the Lord has been with him at his side every step of the way and given him strength. It's comforting to know that even when we are alone and suffering hardships, disappointments, as we seek to please our Savior, the truth is that we are never truly alone. The Lord is still with us. And Paul ends his letter with a warning and an exhortation. 
He tells Timothy that the time will come, indeed the time has come, when people will want their ears to be tickled and they will not endure sound doctrine any longer. Instead, they're going to accumulate the kind of teachers for themselves that are in accordance with their own desires and they're going to turn away their ears from the truth. Still, Paul urges Timothy to be sober in all things, to endure hardship, to do the work of an evangelist and to fulfill his ministry. And then he says this, he says, I've been, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight, I finished the course, I've kept the faith. And in the future, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What beautiful words that Paul writes to Timothy at the end of his letter. Beautiful words that we can hold with us in our own hearts as we seek to fight the good fight, to finish the course, to keep the faith, knowing that there is a future ahead of us that's much more permanent and much more lasting than anything in this world. And in the future, if we are faithful to the Lord, if we love his appearing, there'll be a crown of righteousness laid up for us as well, which the Lord will appear to, uh, award to us on that day. May God help us to face every hardship and every trial, every persecution and every suffering with that same resolve that Paul had. Well, that's all for this week's pod on Kingdom Manifesto, the story and message of the New Testament. Next week, we'll look at how the New Testament ends, the books that are written by Peter and James and Jude and John. Until then, peace and love, everybody. The aim of The Way BK is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ across Brooklyn and beyond. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.thewaybk.com.